Good morning and welcome to Recipe for Success. My name is Nancy Giacalone, and this week I am excited to welcome as our guest, Adrian Laborowit. Did I say that right? You did. You nailed awesome. it. Awesome. So for anyone that is joining us for the very first time, Recipe for Success is focused on really combining my love of cooking with my love of a lot of other things. Um, one thing that I discovered um, over the years as I was cooking is that there was always one key ingredient or technique that was really critical to the success of whatever it was I was making. And the more I thought about it, the more I realized that was true in business and pretty much anything else we do in life. So I've had the pleasure over the last year or so of really trying to focus on women doing great things in their respective industries. And so, as I've already mentioned, my guest today is Adrienne Laborowit. She is with True RX, which is a pharmacy PBM. Uh, it sounds confusing, and I'm going to assure you it is confusing, but we're going to try and make it a little less confusing by the end of this. So, um, I'd love to kick it off by letting Adrienne introduce herself and tell us a little bit about herself and her career history. Thank you, Nancy. Thank you for having me on your show today. I'm really honored and I'm looking forward to sharing more about my background, our company's background. Um, but my name is Adrienne Laborowit. I am Vice President of Strategic Initiatives at TrueRx Health Strategists. We are a pharmacy benefit manager and we are here to help employers and patients control costs and improve health. Um, a little bit of background on myself. I was born and raised in Indiana. I went out to DC for about 15 years and pursued a career in philanthropy, which is um, a different career, both starting with PH, philanthropy and pharmacy, um, but lived out there for 15 years and then got uh, called back to come back to Indiana to join my family's business um, and had my husband and two kids in tow with me back to Indiana. So just a little bit of background on, on myself. Awesome. Um so I went to Indiana the first time a few years ago, and the thing that struck me was it was so flat. I was like, I can see so far away. You know, living out here in the Pacific Northwest, everything is up and down and hills, and we don't have anything flat like that. But it was beautiful, and I really enjoyed um, I enjoyed going there, and I enjoyed the culture that was there. It was very surprising. I didn't expect it. So um Indiana has a lot to offer for those of you that have not been there yet. Well, thank you, Nancy. Not everybody appreciates it like you, so I appreciate that. But it is it is beautiful. And I I was a little bit nervous moving back. I thought I was going to miss the hustle and bustle of a big city and just the beautiful buildings and you know everything that a city has to offer. But I found myself driving home and seeing all that flatness. It actually calmed me and it like made me feel at home. So I knew I had made the right decision and um, and I'm enjoying it. So I love that. Okay. So obviously the reason you went back home or moved back home was to join your family business. So I'd like to talk a little bit about that before we get into all the pharmacy stuff. Um, what? Tell me a little bit about the dynamics of working in a family business. What are some of the pros and cons? I'd love to hear your your take on that. Sure. Uh, I'm glad you asked. Um, you know, I, I kind of resisted it for many years. Um, you know, I lived out in D.C. for 15 years, but my family has always had this business um, for four generations. In fact, we're now on the fifth generation. I'm part of the fifth generation. 
Um, so historically, we've we've owned pharmacies uh, throughout Indiana, and in 2007, um, my dad started this PBM. And so when he was starting it, he called me and said, "Hey, you know, I think you're a good fit for this. Are you interested in coming back?" And at the time, I was in my uh, probably late 20s and uh, was just having the time of my life. Um, I had a lot of friends and great career. I traveled everywhere ended up meeting my husband and I just wasn't quite ready to move back. And, um, but I had two kids and, um, you start really thinking about your legacy and kind of what you are going to be for them. And, um, really just on was honored the fact that my dad wanted me to come back. Um, and I wanted to think about something bigger than myself uh, to be part of something bigger than myself, something that I could leave for my own kids. Um, and I was also really proud to be part of this family, uh, this family that had been entrepreneurs and innovators um, for over 120 years. That's that's a legacy that not a lot of people can say they're part of. So I'm really honored to be to be back. So it only took him about 10 years to convince me, though. <laughs> OK, so so I got the honored part. But now let's talk about the real part. What is the what are the pros and what are the cons of working for a family business? Because I have a family owned business. I have I have one, two, three of my family members working for me. And I worked for my dad when I was younger. So you're not going to surprise me. Well, we're going to have to have drinks someday or something, and, and, <laughs> but um, you don't have to throw anybody under the bus, but let's just give yeah. us a little. Yeah, I'll, I'll start with a positive. Um, you know, my dad has been my mentor my whole life. Before I even worked for him, um, I would call him about, you know, um, challenges at work, how to navigate that or even personal things. And, um, you know, I've just always loved, admired and respected him. And that is the the number one thing for me is that I get to work with him every single day. I get to have that kind of mentorship every day. Um, but the flip side to, of that is, you know, when you love, admire and believe so much in our mission with the person that is your mentor, you know, when you disagree, it's hard, you know, because we're all both of us are striving for the same vision and mission. Um, but we have differences sometimes in how to get there. And so, you know, it's hard, but, but he does a good job of kind of drawing the line, you know, at family functions, you are kind of, you know, sometimes I want to talk about a project or a big meeting we have coming up and he'll say, no, this is, you know, this is family time. And so he's kind of helped me draw the boundaries. Um, and then I also work with my cousins who I held as a baby. I mean, you know, I have pictures of holding them as babies. Um, and so seeing each other objectively, you know, it's hard to kind of see someone who you've grown up with objectively, um, but you have to do that in business so that we can help each other grow and challenge each other and be the best that we can. Um, it, that's kind of hard sometimes though. I would agree with you as well um, because I am in the position of essentially being the boss, if you will, for the family members that work for me. And you are, you do walk a tightrope as far as you don't want to destroy the family relationship, but you still need to develop them as an employee and as a person so that they can be the best that they can be. But I, I will say that, um, at least for me, one of the benefits is when you're in a family dynamic you don't always see everything that the other person has to offer that other family member has to offer to society. And yeah. so I think it's, <laughs> I think it's really, um, I think it's really fun to be able to 
know a little bit more about your family members that you might not have had the opportunity to see otherwise? Oh, it's amazing. I, in fact, um, you know, with my dad, he's, he's a math genius. Um, never knew that <laughs> he's, he's been my dad for 43 years. Um, but also just who he's been for me, I've seen him be for other people in the, in the company. Um, my first few days I would, you know, I was meeting different people and, um, they would have tears in their eyes, um, yeah. you know, from the mentorship and leader that he was for them. And that has been incredible. And I would have never had that viewpoint had I not come back. So I, I almost wish I'd done it sooner, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I see uh, Nicholas is on here telling us, do not talk work at family Christmas. Number one, Williams rule. We're making, we're working on making that a Jackaloni rule too, because it does, tend, <laughs> it does tend to, uh, to uh, flow over a little bit. Okay. So um, if there's anything more challenging than working in a family owned business, I think it's understanding what a PBM is and how the crazy world of pharmacy works. So I would love it if you could explain to everybody, I know you said it in the beginning, what does PBM stand for mm -hmm. and what do you do exactly? It's such a good question. So we'll start with the basics. Um, PBM stands for Pharmacy Benefit Manager. And I found myself really struggling to explain to my friends um, that I've had for 15 years what my new job is. <laughs> and so the way I describe it to friends and family is we are the pharmacy insurance on your benefit plan. So just like you have your medical insurance when you walk into a doctor's office and hand them your insurance card, TrueRx gives you that pharmacy card that you bring into the pharmacy for your insurance. Um, so that's what I would explain to someone who was a friend or family member. To someone in our industry, in the benefits industry, um, you know, PBMs initially started out trying to help employers uh, have the capability of offering affordable pharmacy benefits to employees. And of course, like anything else in healthcare, they saw all the revenue that could be made and really started to exploit that. So when you hear about the big three PBMs, that is your Optum, Caremark, Express Scripts, those three PBMs, off, they hold probably 90% of the market. So the majority of the market. And they are also owned by insurance companies. Um, so Caremark or pharmacies, uh, Caremark is owned by CVS. Um, and ex let's see here, Optum is owned by United Healthcare. So you can imagine um, all the non-transparency that happens uh, with those kind of partnerships. Um, so we are here, Trux Health Strategists exist today because my family, they've been business owners for, like I said, over 120 years. And as employers themselves, they were offering pharmacy insurance for their 600 employees. And they started to see how badly even being pharmacists, keep in mind, keep, you know, keep in mind that we were a pharmacy company and getting, you know, the kind of the wool thrown over our eyes from, you know, a PBM like Optum. They were charging us way more than what it costs for us as a retail pharmacy to dispense those, those prescriptions. And so that was kind of the first um, viewpoint that we had on, on big PBMs and how badly they were taking advantage of those revenue streams. They were spreading the company, us as a company, more to uh, fulfill, 
fill those prescriptions at the pharmacy. And so, um, so at the base level, PBMs offer pharmacy insurance. They exist to help employers be able to provide pharmacy insurance to their employees. They adjudicate the claims, they provide re uh, reporting, and they're supposed to help you with your, your medication costs. Um, but we'll get into that later, I'm sure. So I, again, if I'm the layperson, if I'm, if I'm out here in YouTube world and I'm watching this and I'm going, well, that sounds good. I'd like to have TrueRx. It's not something that as an individual you can choose. It Correct. is something that is, it is included in a self-funded employer plan. So it's really important to make that distinction because if, for instance, your employer buys um, their medical coverage through Blue Cross or Blue Shield or Aetna or United Healthcare, you have no say in who that pharmacy benefit manager is. Generally, as we've learned, oftentimes they're using a pharmacy benefit manager that they already own. So they're getting revenue on top of revenue on top of revenue. And so one of the benefits of going into the self-funding world where you have more control over the different components of your plan is that then you have the opportunity to choose who you want your pharmacy benefit manager to be and you have more insight into what the actual fees are. Um, so I think that's important to understand because um, it, it, you, you don't have any control unless you happen to be in that segment of the market. It's, it's a very good point. It's, reason, it's a reason why companies choose to be self-funded because their premium costs go up year after year, their healthcare costs are going up and they really want to take back the control. In fact, that's one of the things that we say we do. We help companies control the uncontrollable costs of medications. And so um, we're here to help companies support them in that self-funding um, in that self-funding position that they want to be in. Well, you know, I've been in this industry um, a pretty long time. I hate to admit it, but um, in when I first was working in the benefit space, prescriptions were a pretty small piece of the, the puzzle. As far as the total cost of healthcare, they were 10, 15 percent. Yeah. And now we're seeing them in excess of 30 percent. In some plans, they can be almost as much as 50 percent of the total cost of all claims that are processed. So the importance of working with a good pharmacy benefit manager can't be emphasized enough because if you can get your arms around that piece, you can pull your whole healthcare spend down significantly. It's so true. Um, you know, even in the three years or four years I've been doing this, we've seen dramatic changes in the percentage of which prescription costs are compared to the overall healthcare costs. We get claims filed sometimes where the pharmacy cost is actually more than the healthcare cost than the medical side. Um, so the, the landscape is changing dramatically. And the advice that we have to our advisor partners like yourself is to you know really investigate the pharmacy piece. It's really the low hanging fruit if you're trying to help a company control their healthcare costs. So, okay, so let's talk about um, prescriptions in general. So again, I'm, you know, Susie Smith, I'm watching this and I'm thinking, okay, well, I don't, I can't choose my employer's health plan or PBM, but I have prescriptions. And 
one thing I think that's confusing to a lot of people is everyone knows what a generic is and everyone knows what a brand name drug is. Mm -hmm. But now we've gotten to all these different layers of now we can have a preferred brand, a non-preferred, a preferred generic, non-preferred. And then we have this whole other animal called specialty drugs, which we're, we'll leave to the side for the moment. But how do pharmacies or how do PBMs choose or decide what drug goes into what tier? It's, um, yeah, I've been doing this for three years and the PBM world is incredibly complex, even for someone who works in it every day. So I really empathize with people who are trying to get their arms around this to try to understand it. Different tiers of drugs are really determined by two things, by the cost and how effective they are as the medication themselves. To give you an example of this, um, maybe five years ago, the American Medical Association came out and said that certain brand name insulins were more effective in treating diabetes than generic insulins. And so immediately the tier of those medications changed from say a tier one to a tier or a tier two to tier one, meaning they were the preferred medication for treating that diabetic condition. And you can imagine healthcare costs went up for sure. those employers where there was a tier change in those in those medications. Um, so it really just depends on the efficacy and the cost. Um, and it's 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 kind of a, a shell game at the end of the day. And, and I don't know that you know we have all that much control over it at the end of the day. So there's all kinds of factors that go into it, into that. Okay, so let's talk specifically about preferred brand tier, because this is one that um, we spend a lot of time battling. And I think that most people, almost average consumers, can't understand when a drug that their doctor has recommended for them mm -hmm. is not on the formulary. Mm -hmm. And they have to fight to get it covered. So let's talk about that. What, what would prevent a brand name drug from being excluded from the formulary when there are other brand name drugs in the same therapeutic category? The, um, so the great thing about Truexcel strategists is that we are built on clinicians. These formulary decisions are being looked at through a clinician's eyes. They're looking at the drug research, how effective it is for the patient. And if all things are being equal, for you know, those, the efficacy for the patient um, and the cost, you know, we will decide what, what medications go on a formulary. Um, when it comes to preferred brand name drugs, so for example, everybody's heard of Duexis. I was gonna bring that one up. I, I figured you were going down that path. Um, Duexis is Pepsid and Ibuprofen in one medication. Duexis costs a health plan $2,800 because the manufacturer has decided to take two generic medications and put them into one brand medication. As clinicians, now when I was first learning this business, you have to remember I came from a world of philanthropy. Now I'm in pharmacy and I'm hearing, oh, we're, we're excluding Duexis off plans. I'm like, well, why are we, why are we preventing people from getting the medication that was prescribed to them? 
But when a clinician sat down with me and explained there is no medical advantage to the patient by combining these two medications, it's only an advantage to the manufacturer to make more money. You know, that's when it really started clicking with me. Um, you know, I, I pulled one of our, our director of clinical services, Daniel Wilson. I'm like, okay, Daniel, here's the deal. I don't want to talk to the CEO. I don't want to talk to the sales guy. I want to talk to you about why, you know, this is okay. So for us as clinicians, we're looking at it from the patient lens. We're looking at it from, you know, is if drugs are as effective for the patient, we that's how we will decide, you know, where these, what preferred brands go onto the formulary or not. Um, Nicholas makes a good point. One to two percent of claims can cost the pharmacy sixty to seventy percent of spend. Um, we see that all the time. That is not news. Um, probably to most people, other than those of us working in the industry, it is not. Uh, it's news. But to us, we're we're used to that, and we're used to seeing those big high cost drugs. And we can also even say that one those that one to two percent of actual drugs, those are the ones you see advertised on TV. Yes, so, we call them the commercial drugs. Yes, they are They are commercial drugs. And so I'm not saying that they don't have a place, but you certainly have every right to ask if it's the right drug for you, if there's alternatives, if there's generics. Um, and just because a drug is excluded from the formulary doesn't mean that if it's medically necessary and can be proven, it won't be covered. You might have to jump through a couple of extra hoops. I just did that with a client um, recently. We got the drug approved because he had tried and failed four to five other medications in the same category, both generics and brand. And this was the only one that was working for him. So even though it was technically excluded, medical necessity will always override absolutely. if it can be supported. So absolutely, absolutely. Um, okay. So now let's think about, again, I'm at the pharmacy. Doctor's given me a prescription. Of course, I have no idea how much it's going to cost because they don't tell us. I walk into, I walk into any, let's say I walk into Walgreens. I hand them my slip and they come back to me and they say, and I've given them my insurance information. And let's say I have an HSA because that's a great example because prescriptions are subject to the deductible. And they say, oh, that's going to be $295. And then me being me says, hold on a minute, whips out my phone and looks up on GoodRx. And I'm like, but it's only $79 here. Mm -hmm. How is that possible? Ah, uh, Nancy, this is such a good question. <laughs> I, I experienced this myself over the summer. I got um, an eye drop. My, ear was, my eye was infected and I went to the pharmacy and my eye drop was $400. <laughs> I called Nick, who's on the call right now. I was like, Nick, this is $400. What is going on? Um, so so here's the deal about GoodRx. Um, they are actually, they're leasing their, so first of all, uh, the back engine of GoodRx is a PBM. They're leasing. Of course. Of course. Um, so, but they're leasing from many different PBM networks where we only have one. We only have one network that we're, that we're associated with. So they can kind of pull from the best pricing from a lot of different different pharmacy managers, which gives them a competitive advantage on the pricing. However, there are lots of things that go into how much something costs at the pharmacy. The first thing is which pharmacy you're going to. Mm -hmm. You're out of CVS and across the street, there's a Kroger from you. 
my recommendation is to go to the Kroger um, because you're gonna your prescription is gonna cost a lot less at any pharmacy other than the big three. CVS, Walgreens, and Rite Aid are going to charge you hands down more than any other pharmacy um, in your community. So that would be the first piece of advice I would have. The second piece of advice is GoodRx has done a great job of marketing. They have empowered the patient to, to shop the cost of their prescriptions, which is a good thing. That's what we want. Uh, for a PBM like us, we have an app where we allow our patients to shop the price of their prescription based on pharmacy, based on generic or brand. Um, it's all right there in our app. So really as a patient, um, the message here is to really advocate for yourself. Um, figure out, you know, what are your options when you have that expensive drug? Um, because it's, there's no, you know, and Nancy, as you know, PBMs claim to be transparent or GoodRx is claiming to give transparency to pricing. The reality is there's no transparency. Um, as a patient, you really have to be your own advocate in the healthcare system and, and pharmacy pricing is just, just one of those examples. So does it hurt an independent pharmacy if you use an app like GoodRx? Does it, are they affect, since you since your family owns a pharmacy, I'm going to ask it from the other side. Does it hurt a, an independent pharmacy if you use those those programs? Nick, uh, you want to reply in the chat on that? Um, no. Nick is uh, my cousin, actually, and, and worked at our sister company uh, in their pharmacy. So, um Yes. The, well, I will tell you uh, just from the retail side, um, we get reimbursed through PBMs. And so, you know, our reimbursements on the retail side are much lower, as you can imagine, from an Optum or Express Scripts um, because they, well, and Caremark, because, well, Caremark owns uh, their right. own pharmacies. So, in some cases, yes, he yeah. said. So it would depend uh, where that GoodRx discount is coming from, I'm assuming. Okay. Well, it is something to be aware of. I mean, I continually educate my clients to check the good. I mean, I do it. Mm -hmm. I'm that annoying person that stands in the pharmacy line and says, is this the best price you can give me? And oh. then turns around to the person behind me and says, you better check the app because the, the differences can be hugely significant. Now, keep in mind that if you do use a coupon or you, uh, like a, a pharmacy program discount card, GoodRx or any of those other discount cards, you are paying cash and that does not apply to you towards your deductible or maximum out of pocket. And in some cases that can be a big deal. So um, Nick says, in some cases I've seen GoodRx cash prices are actually lower than the price we bought the medication out. So in other words, you're selling it almost at a loss. So mm -hmm. that's it, it is important, but... I think if, if nothing else, I always recommend that people, and again, you have an app, which not most, not all pharmacies do, pharmacy PBMs do, look it up, see how much it costs, compare, because it gives you a, a range of pharmacies that you can check. And then also call your independent pharmacies. We have a pharmacy um, that's local that beats everybody else in town, the best prices. I mean, people come from all over to go to that particular pharmacy because they do such a great job with pricing. So you really, it is important to be a savvy consumer when it comes to um, your prescription drug medication. In most, in most cases, if you're working with a pharmacy benefit manager like TrueRx Health Strategist, we are going to be either competitive with GoodRx or lower. There are some cases where um, they can offer a better discount, but 
not in many cases, especially if you're utilizing one of those um, independent pharmacies or right. even Walmart, Costco, any other pharmacy other than the big three. I think people just assume big box like Walmart means lower cost in the world of pharmacy. That's not the case. So good. Well, thank you so much. Um, I get I just think it's um, it's such a it, it's such a confusing piece of the um, healthcare puzzle. And for as long as I've been doing it, sometimes I still I still struggle with some of the, the particular components of it. Okay, so other than pharmacy, let's talk about your other personal passions. What do you like to do in life? Oh, hang on a second. We have another comment. The cost with good RX is lower than the copays, even if the plan doesn't pick it up. Oftentimes it can be. Um, okay, we got another. Okay, in those cases, we actually lose that or we will explain to the patient and offer them the best cash price we can offer them. We work with our patients either way to be sure they're receiving the medications for a reasonable cost. I just did this with a copay card last week when working in the store, when you care of the patient's wounds. I saw his post about that. And that is another thing. I, I, I'm constantly on manufacturers' websites looking at um, coupons. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at these things. This, These activities that I engage in, I make zero dollars from. I do it because it's the right thing to do. And because I think that the more we can continue to educate the consumers that yep. you actually have some power and yep. you have some say in how much things cost, where you buy them, the better off we're all going to be. So make sure you're working with a pharmacist who cares because there's a huge difference. Yep. Um, make sure you're working with a broker who cares. Make sure you're working with a pharmacy benefit manager that cares because when you, when everybody cares about the outcome, everybody wins. It's, it's so true. And, and unfortunately I don't have a Williams brothers here in the town that I live in. And so I was at a CBS for that $400 eye drop. And even my good RX, I looked up good on good RX. Can I get this down? Actually the best price that I was going to get that day was at Walgreens um, mm -hmm. with, with my pharmacy insurance. So you know, you just don't know. And it, it's education is so key. Um, and not every pharmacy has time to sit there and help you with your drug costs. CVS sitting that day, you know. Yeah, so. yeah. no, it's true. So definitely, um, definitely make sure that you are going someplace where you feel like you have a relationship and you um, and everybody's working towards a common good. I think that's that's the story there. Okay, so back to you. So what do you do when you aren't uh, working in the family business? <laughs> well, I'm spending time uh, with, with my own family here. I have two kids. I have a seven-year-old and four-year-old. Um, and I, you know, I'm an active mom. I just, I love being out playing with them. If it's a snowy day, I'm building a puzzle or we're going out and taking a bike ride on a nice day. So I, I love to be outside with them. Um, I've taken up tennis, uh, which I, it turns out that's incredibly addicting. Um, it's kind of like being in sales that win is, you know, just fuels you for the next one. So, um, so I've really enjoyed doing that. And uh, of course, you know, reading and, and um, spending time with my friends and my husband. So. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So we have covered all the hard parts. <laughs> I know poor Adrian. She's like sweating. She's like, I didn't know she was going to get that intense. Oh. Uh, so let's get on to the five burning questions. Every guest has to endure them. I do tailor them a little bit differently for each person. But the 
The first one is always the same, tied to the name of the show, which is what is your absolute favorite food in the world and can you cook it? I love this question so much. Um, so my favorite is Italian and um, I've loved noodles since I was little. My mom used to tell me I was going to turn into a noodle. So, um, but yeah, I think when you love a food, you, you know, you want to cook it more at home. And so I think uh, my husband would agree. I'm, I'm a pretty good cook of Italian food, uh, you know, lasagna, I do like a shrimp pesto dish. Um, spaghetti is, is a hit at my house with two little ones. So, um, so yeah. Awesome. So did you make your own pasta? Oh, Nancy. <laughs> just want to know. I mean, I'm not, I'm not judging, just curious. You should judge because that is kind of the key of, of cooking really good Italian food, right? I I have not done that yet. Um, so, but it's a, it's a good challenge. I should, I should do that. I mean, I don't do it very often, but it is very gratifying occasionally to uh, make fresh pasta. Super yeah. easy. It'd be a natural. It's in your blood. It's got to be in your blood too. It's, it's well, it's in my husband's blood, which I which I, I inherited some of when I married him. So, yeah. but okay. So here's this is a serious question. So, what's the character trait that you admire most in other people, and why? I love I loved this question and reflecting on it. Um, optimism. I am drawn to people who have who are really optimistic who can, you know, really see the opportunities and challenges and, um, you know, having a growth mindset. I just sent a note to some of the uh, women that I've worked with over the last 15 years and, you know, telling them about this podcast. And uh, I was, as I was writing their names, I was like, wow, each of them has really has that trait. And uh, it's something that inspires me. I'm drawn to it. And I think it's almost a requirement to be an entrepreneur, to be a leader, uh, to be a woman leader. You know, you really have to be optimistic um, about running a business and, and making a difference in the world and making a difference for others. I agree with that hundred percent. Okay. So now if I were to flip, turn the page, flip the mirror on you. So what's the quality, what's the character trait in yourself that you're most proud of and why? Oh my goodness. Like you didn't have this on your list of questions. I didn't. It's a surprise question. <laughs> no. Um, I, I think hard work, grit. Um, I, I, a friend told me one time, uh, somebody better never tell you no, cause I will prove you wrong. And I, I think I've always been like that. I don't know. I think some, you're just kind of born with certain wiring. Um, I've always worked hard. I've, been dedicated to every cause I've ever worked for. And uh, something I'm really proud of, it's really gotten me through a lot in my in my career and in my personal life. I love it. I love it. Okay. Now I did read in um, read somewhere because I'm a, I'm a little investigator that you do like to read a lot. So who is your favorite author of all time and why? I struggled on this one because I don't have one. I, I love reading all kinds of media, um, whether it be books or I've got Harvard Harvard Business Review on my desk right now. Um, leadership books, you know, business running books. <laughs> um, so it's, it's hard to, to pinpoint, um, but I, I love, I've been into Brene Brown's work lately, um, Dare to Be Great, Dare to Lead. 
And uh, she talks a lot about vulnerability and uh, authenticity, especially being women, a woman leader. I've been really trying to tap into that. And um, but yeah, I, I love autobiographies. I love hearing about how people, uh, you know, their story, how they rise to the top. Um, so I, it's, it's hard for me to pinpoint just one author. Okay, well, I'll give you I'll give you a pass. Okay. All <laughs> right. Last, or it's not second to last question. So um, what is your secret talent or something people would be surprised to learn about you? I, I have no talents. Um, no, I, I danced growing up. Um, I danced for 15 years. So I uh, was a ballet dancer. And, um, and I'm also a very visual person. And you mentioned you did photography uh, before we got on this morning. Um, so I, I do wonderful things with pictures. I create collages and photo books and it's kind of a passion of mine um, because you're these beautiful photos sit in your phone, you know, and I really, I really want people to enjoy them. And so I'm often doing that for gifts. And, um, but I find that I, 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 it gives me a lot of pleasure to kind of look at the joy in a year um, and the, and the fun memories and, and all the people that were part of that. So I love that. So free tip to anybody watching, completely unrelated. Uh, no, I, so I use, I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but there's an app called Pastbook. And it popped up on my Facebook a couple of years ago. And it was like, it 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 pulled all my memories from, from like a 10 year period out of Facebook. And it created this beautiful hardbound photo album. And I didn't, I'm like, cool. I ordered it and I got it and I was so happy I did. And so then this last year, I proactively did one for the year because we'd had so much happening, including my son getting married and I wanted to memorialize it. Well, this time I actually understood that I could take certain things out. Like I didn't need a screenshot of, you know, so I took things out and put things in, but now that's something that I do every year is um, a, an annual photo album. And this, this app is called Passbook. So anybody that happens to be listening, if you haven't checked it out, it's actually really, really nice. Um, and it doesn't require you to upload a lot of photos. You can take the ones from your social media feed and then add or subtract as you, um, you can add your own photos to it as well. But anyway, that's a little aside. So, oh, here, hang on a second. So, um, so, this is my mother. So you have your cousin on. I have my mother on. Did we mention we had a little family action going in here? Um, so she said she keeps telling people they need to call around for pharmacy pricing and they just don't. I found that the, the low cost pharmacy and used them for years to have it mailed and it's three month supply. So she did the same thing and then made a comment about my passbook that the book was awesome. So anyway, thanks, mom. Best uh, leader of your life, right? Your mom. Yes. Um, okay. Last question. And then you will be um, off the hot seat. So who's the one person that you either follow on LinkedIn, you listen to on a podcast that you would really most like to meet in real life and have a cup of coffee with? So um, I don't know if you ever listened to the podcast, How I Built This. Um, I have not heard that one. It's a really good one. It, it talks about, uh, it's a guy who interviews founders and CEOs of companies. So, you know, anywhere from, Whole Foods to Costco to Spanx and Sarah Blakely, the founder of Spanx was on one day and she, her story is awesome. You know, she was selling fax machines in her career and was found pantyhose uncomfortable, you know, and really had this passion to helping professional women feel more comfortable in their working clothes. 
and started this started Spanx. And what she has done with that company, going from fax machine salesperson to this global company that empowers women. Um, you know, she's just a huge uh, women empowerment uh, CEO. So I follow her a lot, a lot on LinkedIn, and um, and you know, I'm I'm inspired by her story. I love it. Um, so again, I don't know what you're bringing out, to, bringing out my stories today, but no, please. Another, another fun fact for you is um, a couple of years ago, I was flying back from, I don't remember where I was flying from, but I sat next to the owner of Whole Foods on my, on the plane. <laughs> and I didn't know who he was. I mean, he was sitting next to me and he was just the nicest gentleman. She shared his snacks with me. And then finally he told me, he's like, you know, I work for this company called Whole Foods and he told me his name. And so after I got off the plane, I talked to him, you know, for a couple hours and I don't generally talk to people on the plane. I'm usually in my book or whatever. Right. And I got off and I looked him up and I'm like, oh my God, that was the owner. That was the founder of Whole Foods. And I mentioned it to somebody I know and um, they were founded in, in, te in Austin, Texas is where the first one was. And she's like, oh yeah, yeah, that's who you were sitting next to. And he's like, that's just the kind of person he is. That so, is crazy. You should listen to his, how I built this. I will have to, I'm going to look it up now. It's, it's awesome how he started. And, you know, as a growing company, you always have private investors that want to come in and invest in you and help you grow more. And he resisted that for a long time yeah. because he wanted a specific product. So yeah, it's, it's a great story. Yeah. I will definitely look that up. Well, thank you so much for your time, Adrian. So if people want to look to learn more specifically employers, either in the self-funded market or brokers that are in that market, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? Adrian L at truerx.com, or you can visit us at truerx.com and we'll be happy to get back with you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today. And thank you everyone who joined us. Thank you, Nancy, for having me. It's my pleasure.